Titans get the football back with just over three minutes remaining, down one. And what does Tannehill do? He leads his 17th career game-winning drive. 12 plays, 83 yards. The drive stalls at the seven-yard line. And so, almost like it was written, almost like it was total 2020, the Tennessee Titans call on Steven Goskowski, the man who is 0 for 3 on the night, has missed an extra point, and now it's time for him to win the game. A 25-yard kick left hash. He's missed from 47. He's had one blocked from 44. He's missed from 42. He's missed an extra point. Snap, set, kick. Good! Redemption for Gostkowski with 17 seconds to go. Titans 16, Broncos 14. What the hell is that? Hey, Stone on air. If you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so happy I could die. They're like, Brian! Yeah, (laughs) Brian! Yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years... Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody. How in the world are you? Welcome in to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. It is September 16th. Appreciate you finding the coolest podcast in the city of Chattanooga, the most listened to podcast in the city. I don't know if that's true. I just say it. I can't prove it and you can't disprove it. It's kind of like, I don't know, radio (laughs) ratings. We kind of make this stuff up. We can't prove that it's fake, but you can't prove that it's real. So we just roll with it. Uh, another uh, day of doing simultaneous uh, simultaneous uh, uh, preparation for a radio show and podcast at the same time, which share some of the same elements and some of the same um, subject matter. And that's turning out to be, I think I mentioned it the other week, really difficult, really difficult to do. I don't know how uh, I might change my, my scheduling around, even though I don't have a lot of wiggle room in uh, certain areas for that, but we'll see um, more going forward. I am um, I'm gambling here right now. I'm allowing Budro, my cat, to hang out in the garage with me because she's being chill and not jumping all over everything. But something tells me I don't think I'm going to make it through a 45-plus minute recording of a podcast without her jumping up here and screwing it up. So you're, you've been warned about that. Sorry I missed you last week. Just stuff, man. It just it seems like everybody I know, everybody I know, has got some kind of just major thing going on, or at least a handful of small fires to put out every day amongst all the mess that every single one of us have to deal with. Maybe it's always this way, and I'm just now getting to an age finally where I pay more attention to that. I don't know. It feels like it probably is not that much different. Than normal times as far as just the, the stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the coronavirus and things like that and elections and, and presidents and things like that. But um, I don't know. Uh, so I had I had some things to tend to last week that just consumed too much of my time to be able to put the podcast together. So I appreciate 
your patience. Don't have anything really that much new to touch on, things going on. Titans, of course, big win. Front end there, you heard the audio. Uh, if you care, you already know. <laughs> Hell of a game. Um, in the sense of just it wasn't well played or super over-the-top entertaining unless you're a fan of the Titans who played okay at times and not so good at other times, missed the three field goals, the extra point, and we're in danger of losing to what I think is a bad Denver team. I don't think that Denver team's very good. I think their defense is probably pretty good. Um, you know, the, the the jury's still out there as they've lost uh, Von Miller, which is a big part of that um, during uh, preseason or during, you know, pre-scrimmaging before the season started. So if we that would have been a bad loss. I think the season will, will play out and Denver will no be, be nowhere near the playoff picture. So um, maybe I'm wrong. You never know in the NFL. It's a one-possession league for the most part in the fourth quarter. But the best teams and the, and the worst teams aren't separated really by all that much in some cases. Uh, I did want to mention, so you know, I, you know how much I hate Facebook. Uh, they now have the new rollout. I don't know if you pay enough attention to, to notice, and I don't know how much different it is on mobile than on desktop, but I still use desktop Twitter and Facebook a lot not as probably not more than I do on my mobile but I do plenty the desktop is dreck it is dreck and I know we do this every time that there's an update to anything we're used to us dumb old assholes can't get used to change and we don't and we don't ever like it and generally speaking I would say most times when there's redesigns it's for a good reason and it becomes more functional um, part of the reason I'm going to say I don't think this time is one of those is because I don't really care. I am now spending the least amount of time on Facebook that I've ever spent, and uh, I'm happy about it. I'm also spending a lot less time on Twitter because it's kind of becoming its own little wasteland of a social media. I still enjoy it and still use it you know, more than the others, but it's, it's not. you know. And you can customize it and get some of that mess out of there. But I'll tell you, really, Instagram, speaking of just worthlessness. I mean, I'm I'm beginning to fall out of love with Instagram. The stories are still fun, but I mean, I don't. I just got to realizing I don't care about all the these pictures of all of my you know somewhat friends. Mostly, mostly everybody on Instagram are people I actually know. But Facebook butts in on everything and dictates everything. I've got people because I have thousands of quote unquote friends on Facebook. I don't know how the hell any of them are. Um. And I'll, I try to make sure that I know that they're a real person before I accept the request. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to self-promote on Facebook. So I'll take any anybody uh, there. And so they're integrating into my Instagram. And so now my Instagram's littered with crap that I don't know anything about or care anything about. So um, I don't know. I know I can go in there and fix that stuff, but it's like, do I really, really want to? Uh, not really, actually. Let's see. I don't know if they've made it a, a, official yet. But it looks like the Big Ten is going to play football now. God, what a weird world we live in. They're going to cram in an eight-game season and try to be eligible for the polls and for the college football playoffs and all that stuff. It was it was almost a done deal as of Tuesday evening into Tuesday night. I bet by the time you hear this and sometime into Wednesday, they are going to uh, they're going to announce that. It just play games. Let people in the damn stadiums. It's 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 time. Enough of this precautions and protocols and policies are all good and and I'm and I'm for and I advocate for but this idea that we're just we're not going to play these sports and we're not going to put you know a small percentage or even a big percentage of these massive cavernous huge stadiums it's dumb all the, the other leagues are proving to you it can be done it absolutely can be done 
and it should be done. So let's go. It's time. Play the damn ball. Just do it. As Nike says, just do it. All right, let's see. I have shifted gears just a little bit here as I've tried to juggle the uh, the radio and the podcast. In the middle segment, I um, ran into the, uh, the, quote, the most gag-inducing words. And um, it's going to be a throwaway fluff segment, but I think it's going to be fun. I'll get to that uh, halfway through the show. On the final segment, I'm going to talk a little bit, a little heavier about just the state of affairs of, of America, where I'm feeling on some things, and um, where I, I think that the demise of the newspaper, the traditional information delivery source, the newspaper, it coincides with the factless fake news culture that we live in now. And then I've, I've, I'm terrified that we're doomed to live in forever. I'll, uh, I'll expand on that and um, do that in the third segment of the show. Let's see. And on the back end of this, I went to the uh, dentist the other day. And this is going to kind of, uh, kind of go with the second segment a little bit. It'd be the same kind of thing. I'm telling you, this small talkification of the world that we've been doing forever. I am. I, I I was about ready to lose it, lose it at the dentist office, and uh, I'll expand on that more here in just a couple of minutes. I see Butter. Oh, she's kind of eyeballing. I'm afraid she might be ready to pounce. So I might have to stop here in a minute. But all good for right now. So let me get to the rest of the middle part of the first segment where i've got a couple of coolest things i got three coolest things for you today and a worst idea as i download these because i forgot to hit save a minute ago i don't feel like stopping the podcast today i just want to get this over with and get it done all right so today's coolest thing number one is a guy named richard long from the band opposite box here locally in chattanooga tennessee he is the lead guitar player and he did a dramatic reading of lyrics from a Sheryl Crow song. And I've listened to it quite literally 30, 40 times. And I think it is absolutely hilarious. This is today's first coolest thing. All I want to do is have some fun. And I've got a feeling that I'm not the only one. I said, all I want to do is have some fun before the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. I'm telling you, it's freaking hilarious. It is so, so, so funny. Um, You'll hear it again before the show is over. The second coolest thing is going right along the lines of what I was just saying about let people go to football games. Start. Let's start doing this now. Well, the signal is going to open their doors for Halloween CD release party for Strung Like a Horse. Yo, what up, dogs? Got a damn wrong one. Uh, all right, here we go. Here it is. Hey, folks, I got some really awesome news. Strung Like a Horse is going to play a real show. Whoa! On a real stage. Whoa! With a real live in-person audience. Whoa! October 30th, Halloween weekend. <laughs> We're releasing our record, Whoa! Whoa! at the signal it's a 1500 capacity room and we're only gonna sell 250 tickets whoa get your group together you gotta buy them in groups so that we can quarantine everybody in their own little sections you can do two people four people six i think even 10 whoa 20 bucks a piece and that comes with a cd whoa and complimentary drinks get your group together Go get your tickets, and we'll see you there. We're going to play the record from start to finish. Whoa! 
and a whole lot of old tunes and some other new tunes that are newer than the record. <laughs> that you've never heard before. So come hang with us Halloween weekend, October 30th at the Signal. Wow. Whoa. 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 I think he mentioned in that uh, clip that the record is going to be called Whoa. Hence the uh, added in to the clips. It's all band members and his uh, adorable young little daughter. She's maybe a year and a half old. She could be getting close to two, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that was Clay from Strung Like a Horse. I don't know what complimentary drinks means. I like the sound of it, but I don't know what it means, and I don't think it means what it sounds like. Like I think it might you might get it like a drink ticket out of the deal or something, but I'll take it. I'll be there. 20 bucks? You kidding me? Hell yeah, I'll be there for 20 damn dollars. I cannot wait. And today's second coolest, third coolest thing is I just saw on Twitter, and it, made, it got a little viral. Uh, Paul Rudd made this ridiculously stupid uh, video for, uh, I don't know who was promoting or why, it was, you know, who produced it. But uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how he just doesn't age. The guy looks almost the same as he did all the way back in Clueless in the early mid-90s. I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but not much. He is a very youthful-looking man, and um, so that's kind of the reason for the joke of the third coolest thing on the Stone on Air podcast. Yo, what up, dogs? Paul Rudd here, actor and certified young person. A few days ago, I was talking on the iPhone with my homie, Governor Cuomo, and he's just going off about how us millennials need to wear masks because, get this, apparently a lot of COVID is transmitted by us millennials. No cap. So Cuomo's asked me, he's like, Paul, you gotta help. What are you, like, 26? And I didn't correct him. So fam, let's real talk. Masks? They're totally beast. So slide that into your DMs and twitch it. Yes, queens like ourselves. We want to go to bars. We want to drink, hook up, do our TikToks. I get it. I'm not going to preach at you like some celebrity. Ugh. This is a combo where I talk and you shut up and wear your mask. Yo, listen, hype beasts. Masks protect you and your dank squad because caring about other people is the new not caring about other people. Just wear a mask, it's easy, it's simple. Please, it's not hard, people are dying. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. It's preventable, just wear a mask. I shouldn't have to make it fun. So there's a, um, quickly it comes to my mind, there's Paul Rudd, there is um, Jason Bateman, and Rob Lowe. And John Stamos also. So those four. Those four men are very beautiful people, first of all. And they have aged as as incredibly as, as you can imagine, meaning they basically haven't. And the aging that they have, that, they, that is noticeably visible, is a really quality, uh, youthful look. And so good for them. Let's see. Today's worst idea, going back to talking about uh, Facebook and just having a bunch of thousands of quote-unquote friends. Well, there's good and bad sides to that. This technically, it doesn't matter. I don't care, but it's one of those bad sides. I don't know who this guy was. He was sitting shirtless in his, like, just some red ass on the on the porch, and he sent me this video. I guess he sent it to a lot of people. I don't know. Here's today's worst idea. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joshua Lewis Mills. I have an amazing story to tell. I just did 12,000 miles across the southeastern United States. And the things that I have seen are both incredibly beautiful and simultaneously incredibly disturbing. There is a lot of 
racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, xenophobia, all the phobias and the isms. Um, I have an amazing story to tell, and I believe that the sooner I get it out there before election day, the better. So please contact me. My number is 423-240-7447. I look forward to speaking with y'all. Peace and love. So I left the I left the phone number there because why the hell not? Crazy guy wants to tell his story. If you want to hear it, give him a ring and let me know how it goes. All right. As I come towards the end of this first segment, I was at the dentist the other day, and it was 2014 when I started going to the dentist every six months. And it was because of the experience I had of going to the dentist after not going for 10 years the deep cleaning, the, the the just two cavities, the terrible amount of just frustration, unpleasant nature that just a dentist office is, uh, I realized I'm going every six months because that's going to be, you know, that's what you're supposed to do to keep your teeth, you know, where they need to be and all that. And so I, I pretty much without fail, I, I hit it up. I set up the, the, the next appointments when I'm there. It's in March of next year. And going to the dentist... Even if it's, you know, you're getting a good checkup and you don't have any problems, it's just your regular cleaning, it sucks. All right? I know this is a pretty a giant percentage of people who all agree with this. I, I would like to think it's every single person in the, on the planet hates going to the dentist. It sucks. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it. But it usually doesn't take that long, and I do, I do get a feeling of, like, accomplishment when I get a good checkup and a nice, clean mouth, right? So, um... So I don't have anxiety over it. I don't pace over it. I don't, but but I don't want to be there, and I don't enjoy it. And I can't wait for it to be over. And you know, and, and they when you get Uber, you can get the more advanced Uber, where you have you have options, where you can choose to say that the driver is not to speak. <laughs> I have never done it myself before, but there's an option I've been told anyway, that you can you can request that the driver. Just picks you up, almost just like a limo driver, where they you just where were you know, hi, bye, that's it, no conversation, no talking. We need to add this to to so many different services in uh, in, in 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 American culture. We've got to do this. We've got to add the small talk has to go in certain settings. I'll put up with it every now and again. You can't make people not engage, but the, and I'm sure I've spent time on this over the years. I can't remember what I do or don't do. And you know, I don't remember what I did last week, but what we have just kind of societally normed, what is rude in social settings, whether they be large or just one-on-one quick, long, whatever is so off base. And this idea that, you know, just keeping to yourself and not, you know, not showing a lot of emotion and not being interested in engaging in worthless conversation, that that is somehow perceived as, as being rude is just wrong. I the exact opposite. If you're wasting my time with just nonsense that you don't want to ask and you know I don't want to hear, and especially when I give you a little bit of mannerism of like, yeah, not feeling this conversation, man or woman, let's stop. And then just almost it's like they put their foot on the gas pedal. And if one place where small talk needs to go away and be eliminated, it's the goddamn dentist office. My God, your 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 hands are in my mouth. 
You've got a razor blade thing in there scraping away on my tiny ass little teeth. One little mishap and you slash my gums open. Focus on the job. Shut up. This woman's asking me, you go, well, oh, so when do you go? Do you go go back to work today? I can't even talk if I wanted to. And I can't remember exactly examples of what she was saying, especially when we weren't in during the procedure. She was just motor mouth. Because I can't remember because none of it mattered. None of it meant anything. It was just words, words, words. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Might, maybe. Not sure. We'll see. Like, I'm not engaging back. I'm just giving quick, short, boring, mundane, monotonous answers. To me, the person that continues on with this drivel, this nonsense, that's the rude asshole. That's the person that needs to be eliminated and told, shut the fuck up, all right? Please. Now, if you get a couple of chatty Cathy's that just love having just the worst conversation on the planet, fine. Knock yourself out. Have yourself a nice day. But when the person there is clearly irritated and already in a place that, you know, already brings a touch of anxiety and just, I'm, I was dying inside. And this checkup took a lot longer than my past ones. I, I don't know. She seemed to do a different routine, and it was a new. I've never seen this one before. I've gone to the same dentist for 20 years, so yeah, the dental hygienist changed. But for a while, I had the same one, and she wasn't nearly as bad. I'd never seen this woman before, and I was in there for almost a damn hour. Usually, it's more like 30, 40 minutes. Oh my god, I was dying inside. I was screaming. My insides were screaming. I just dog cussing this lady this whole time. And, uh, and it's, you know, they, I had a tooth in the back that needed some extra work because I got a, a wisdom tooth coming in that we're not going to take out until I have pain because of it. And it's making tough to floss back there. So she just wailed on it for a while. And I just, just talking to me the whole time. Oh, my God. All right. I went long on this segment as usual. I'm going to get out and uh, kind of in the same vein, words that don't need to be in phrases in, in situational social conversation that shouldn't happen anymore. Or at least that are just annoying. We'll get to that. Come on back. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com. Hi, everybody. Okay, so very often I hear people say it is what it is when they're dealing with a challenge or a problem. And the issue that I have with this phrase is that it instantly shuts down any creative problem solving and it screams, I'm not accountable and I accept defeat. More often than not, when there's a problem, it is avoidable and there is a solution. But when you have this, it is what it is mentality, you're basically surrendering. And I have found that managers and leaders that have this, it is what it is mentality, they won't accept responsibility and they're not willing to do what it takes to work hard and get creative to create solutions. Great managers and great leaders, they do not give up when there is a problem they give more to create solutions don't you hate when people say it is so last week the uh, one of the coolest radio stations in the world lightning 100 in Nashville were up to me I, they do things a little bit differently but overall their program is really good 
they did they do live on the green free concert series in September and it's it's a stacked lineup. I've never been because it's so so many people go and nothing's really free. So I mean it's still gonna cost you a ton of money. You just don't have a ticket price. But because of that you run into so many logistical issues. I, I would like to go sometime but I just I never have. Well obviously can't do that now. So they did a music festival on the radio. And they had live performances for like four straight days around the clock. And some of the Nashville artists actually did unique live sets in, I don't know where, different places around town. And it was great listening. I had it on all weekend. And this is Lily Hyatt, John Hyatt's daughter. I didn't know John Hyatt had a daughter. And she's Nashville-based. And this song came on, and I was like, pretty good sound. And then I heard the chorus, and it, it grabbed me immediately right here. Because, yeah, it's annoying. So tired of hearing it is what it is. It's, it's infected the sports world terribly. Uh, that's what you get from all these dullards who their only real talent is playing the game. That's certainly not all of them, but it's many of them. And they don't know how to interact with somebody. They don't know how to answer questions in an interview style. Um, you know, public speaking ain't their thing. And you get it is what it is all the time. And I was trying to come up with an idea for the show today or last week, really. And I wanted to incorporate that song in just to play it because I thought it was really good. And then I stumbled around. I was going to try to make a montage of, of people saying it is what it is. And I, as I was doing the Google, I found from, I think it's appopinion.com, it is what it is, voted most gag-inducing phrase. And so it was a poll that they took of many just single words and phrases that were just so annoyingly awful they need to go away. And I agreed with some of them, didn't agree with all of them, and I'm going to spend the next however long it takes on it if you don't mind, completely throw away material, but I think it's uh, some of it's kind of interesting. So we'll just start with the one that was number one. It is what it is. The origin of the phrase is unclear, as is exactly what it means in any given context. People seem to dislike it largely because it implies that the speaker could care less about the subject and would be helpless to do anything about it if he or she did care. Sidebar here, I'll come back to that. You want to talk about things I can't stand hearing. They just did it in the description of this word that they can't stand hearing. I couldn't, I could care less. I could care less is what you hear just as often as you hear the way that it's supposed to be. I could care less when you're trying to describe something that you care nothing about says that you actually do care because it is capable of you caring less than you do which means you do care. But your point is to tell me that you don't care at all, which is why it's I couldn't care less. I could not possibly care any less for this ridiculous topic or situation than I already do right now because I care at the minimum amount percent that there is. So that's <laughs> interesting anyway. So, yeah, don't say I could care less. While the phrase has come into annoyingly common usage in recent years, William Sapphire, the late New York Times columnist, 
plumbed the depths of its origins in a 2006 column and found the first reference to it in a Nebraska newspaper column in 1949. Also cited uh, a quote from Al Gore in 2002, said, quote, I strongly disagreed with the Supreme Court decision and the way in which they interpreted and applied the law, but I respect the rule of law, so it is what it is. Why has it become so popular when it clearly annoys so many people? It is what it is. Another one, uh, my bad. It comes from my generation a lot. My bad, my bad. I do that quite a bit. I don't particularly have a problem with that one. Some language archaeologists have attributed its popularization to the late Manute Bowl, the seven foot seven inch NBA player. When he would make an errant pass, he would say, my bad. Is that true? I don't know. I don't care, but I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, like, just like this. And oh, well, you know, it's like this. So many of us do this. And I don't like like it that much. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I'm just so used to it, I guess. Um, the uh, influential to the spread of this was Moon Unit Zappa's 1982 single, Valley Girl. Um, Moon Unit Zappa is uh, Frank Zappa's daughter. So there's Dweezil Zappa and Moon Unit Zappa. Uh, after knowing anything about him and listening to his music, it shouldn't be a surprise to you that that's the name of their kids. Uh, he might have another one, but I know there's Dweezil, and I've seen him play live. He does uh, he does his traveling set of, of Zappa stuff. It's incredible. But yeah, Moon Unit Zappa. I meant to pull up the audio. I never got around to it. Check it out. It's wild. Of course, she's like 13 years old, and it's, it sounds like something her dad like wrote for her. Anyway, Like came in at number three. On their list. This one I didn't think about it this way, and it doesn't bother me, but this was kind of, I don't know, an interesting take. Um, no problem. Stop saying no problem, says these people conducting this survey. The annoyance of the phrase stems from both its repeated use and the sense that no problem implies that the request really is a problem, or at least that it's unwelcome. In the cases of a waitress or a waiter, why should it be no problem to bring the ketchup they forgot to bring for your burger or the syrup for your pancakes? or the utensils for your salad. That's their job. It shouldn't be a problem. So that's their point. I never thought about it that way. I don't I don't care about that necessarily, but I see why somebody might. Uh, another one on this list, awesome. Never really thought about this really this way either. And I think I agree with it for the most part. Easily one of the most overworked words in, in the language, particularly amongst millennials. It offends for two reasons. It's imprecise. It demonstrates a lack of command of the richness of the English language. I, I think that's true with a lot of dumb words we use over and over again. The, our you know, English language is very, very, very deep and very, very rich. I wish I knew more of it. There are dozens of other words in the language that could more precisely describe the circumstance. And it tends to be hyperbole. Among the synonyms for awesome are awe-inspiring, magnificent, Stunning, stirring, and breathtaking. And most of the times when we're using the word awesome, those words don't apply to the point we're trying to make of something that's just pretty cool or something that we like. So I, I kind of get that. Number seven on the list is no worries. And you do hear that a lot. I was on the phone with somebody getting a refund for some web purchasing domain name stuff that I didn't know was going to it was going to auto-renew, and I didn't ever even knew that I started it in the first place three years ago, and it was $300 damn dollars. 
And I, I honestly didn't know what it was. I think it was when I was, I think Dylan from the old radio station who does, does some freelance work for me. I think he set it up, probably told me about it, and I just forgot. So I got on the phone, and they're very nice. It's with Bluehost, and the woman I'm talking to says, said, no worries. Because at first, I, I would, so many times, I would, at first I was irritated, and then I apologized later for sounding a little short with her and, and being like matter of fact. So I kept, I said, I'm sorry a few times because of not understanding what this product even was. And she said, no worries every time. No, oh, no worries. Well, I'm not worrying. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Let's see. Um, and this was interesting. It's widely, widely used in Australia. It has been pushed along in the American lexicon by movies beginning with Crocodile Dundee in 1986. Think no worries, mate. And the song Hakuna Matata. In Disney's animated feature, The uh, Lion King. I don't. I know what that song is, but I don't know where it says no worries. Uh, anyway, I thought that was somewhat interesting. Um, whatever is number eight on words you shouldn't use or phrases. It says it's the ultimate dismissive word. I can't crumple these up because i got to use these again on the radio tomorrow. It is also listed by business insiders as one of the 12 passive-aggressive phrases you should never use. And apparently uh, it kind of became popular in America, uh, everyday language lexicon, because, let's see, what's her name? Indora from Bewitched. Remember my mom used to watch that in reruns, and I, I know what it is, but I don't know who that character is. Apparently she says, all right, whatever, to her daughter Samantha a lot in that show. Uh, just saying. And I'm just saying. I, I, I agree. I don't like the, hey, hey, I'm just saying. I don't really like that either. It's kind of like, with all due respect, when you start your sentence off with that, you're probably about to be disrespectful. Or anything starting with, um, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to offend, but you're about to offend somebody. Likely, just saying kind of comes from that same kind of cloth. It says the phrase makes it possible to deliver a rude comment or burn and have it bounce off simply as an opinion disguised as an objective opinion. And who can argue with you over an opinion that you don't apparently support? Comes from UrbanDictionary.com. Scott Simon, writing for PBS.com, says, Saying, I'm just saying, puts a fire escape onto the end of a sentence. It lets you express a stern, even rude opinion, but not really. You're just saying. It invites the listener to discount what we've just heard, even as we're reeling from it. And according to this, the popularization of it in American lexicon comes from Jerry Seinfeld from the show. I I don't remember that. I watch a lot of Seinfeld. I don't really remember him saying that all that much. And there was a couple others I thought were just just stupid and not and not you know worth going over. But then there's a whole bunch of others here where it just says among uh, other readers from this uh, survey. It's not really a survey, uh, a poll more than anything. Were some that I could de- identify with. You know, you know. A lot of us do that. A lot of these are just crutches while our usually not overly um, educated minds have to try to think about what we're going to say next. Uh, You know, falls into that one a lot. Uh, Starting a response with, I mean, never really had much of an issue with that as far as being annoyed by it. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I hate that one so much. I have a few people in my life that do it constantly and it is so annoying. My doctor uh, does it. I love him. He finally found a doctor after all these years that I trust and 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 um, has my best intentions 
uh, you know, for me. And but he does. It's the I know. Do you know what I mean? Or you know what I'm saying? Same kind of thing. And he it, he does it to a very annoying level. There's a guy I work with who's a, a a driver who will almost interrupt his sentences to drop in a you know what I mean. It's like, dude, if you didn't interrupt yourself with a do you know what I mean five times in the you know the two paragraph thing you just told me, I would have known exactly what you meant. But because you're chopping up your 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 words and sentences so much, I actually don't exactly know what you mean and some of it's stuff you just can't help because you've done it your whole life and uh, we all have them and it's hard to change something that you don't even really realize that you're doing uh for all intents and purposes say say you should stop saying that i i just think you should stop getting that one wrong too it's not all intensive purposes which uh you, i hear um a lot when one door closes another opens totally annoying uh, this is more of a millennial thing. Totes, adorbs. I agree. No reason to do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie, like to start a sentence. I'm not going to lie. Good. <laughs> you better not. What do you, shut up if you're considering lying. What? Do you lie enough to where you have to preface that what you're about to say isn't a lie? And a lot of that comes from redneck slang, like, I ain't even lying, man. Did you see what happened the other day? You can ask so-and-so if you don't believe me. Like, that, that, well, there's even another one. Man, you can ask my mom. This crazy thing happened. I ain't even lying. So you lie so much that people often have to uh, fact check what you're saying. Oh, it makes you sound so stupid. So, 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 so stupid. And just a handful of words here. Rad, bro. Uh, fabulous, absolutely amazing, dude, sweet. I don't care about, you know, I don't care anything about that. And the last one, which I've even considered doing a whole subject or a whole a segment on, maybe getting some audio from some, uh, I don't know, psychiatrist or uh, behavioral scientist or some somebody like that. I don't know, might, might, might not. But oh my God. And I, oh my God is using the Lord's name in vain. It, it, it really is using the Lord uh, saying, thank God in just a flippant way is using the Lord's name in vain. And I have grown up in a lot of circles where saying God damn was like one of the worst things you could say. And what you're saying is I don't like this. So I wish God would damn it to hell. That's kind of what that's all about. And to them, that is a flippant way of using the Lord's name. Okay. I got you. But when something happened that wasn't actually life-threatening or life-changing or really all that important and you say, thank God, you're doing the same thing. You're not, you're not praising and thanking the Lord for your blessings because you uh, didn't miss your favorite TV show. Oh, it's not 8 o'clock yet. Oh, thank God. You're not thanking God. You're using the Lord's name in vain the exact same way as if I'm saying goddamn. Meaning, it's not important. It doesn't matter. It's not offensive. It's not. And if you want to say goddamn and thank God and oh my God and thank the Lord and all these things in flippant ways that aren't legitimately asking for forgiveness or thanking or asking for damnation, if you're not really truly doing that, then do then let anybody say any one of them and don't act offended if someone says goddamn it. Okay, because it's the exact same thing. It's just it's just not perceived that way because whatever reason. And that's all I got. 
for this segment. Coming up next, I'm going to go quick because i got to get some sleep here soon and uh, the radio show gets here quick in the morning. Um, what was I going to do? Oh, yeah, the, the death of, 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 a, of a world, of, of a, a culture, of a society, of a community, of a country that once valued honesty and the truth, at least a semblance of it. Even if it wasn't real, it felt like that. The transit, transformation into a completely factless-driven society, I believe, is because of the fall of the daily newspaper reader and just where I'm at feeling on the overall state of the union here as I wrap up the Stone on Air podcast coming up next. Again, this is Lily Hyatt, John Hyatt's daughter. It's good stuff. I enjoy it. We'll be right back. Hang on. Richard Long, guitar player for local band Opposite Box. The sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard! (laughs) Uh, So Tuesday, it was a pleasant surprise to walk outside and head out for the day. And wow, didn't just get punched in the face with humidity. I didn't pay attention to the forecast, but I guess with that drop in humidity, it also brought the start of allergy season, because I have been sniffling and snorting and snotting all over the place today. Thankfully, those aren't COVID-19 symptoms, so I don't have to worry about people thinking I'm, you know, a danger, but um, it it hits me. It doesn't usually even hit that much for me. When people complain about their seasonal allergies... I just laugh at their like seasonal allergies. <laughs> oh, it must be terrible. I have year-round allergies, and uh, I could be it could, the pollen count could be you know th- an inch thick on your car, you know, or you know just a lot. Anyway, it, I could be perfectly fine. It's it's not my allergies aren't triggered necessarily always by the a- extra allergens in the air. Sometimes they are, like today it has been. It's cleared up pretty good now. Um, and it'll just come and go. And sometimes I'll get hit with literally, I, I consider them allergy attacks, uh, sinus attacks, where I have my my nasal passages completely swell up, and or at least you know maybe eighty percent swell up, and it will be that way sometimes for hours. And I don't like taking one a day medications, and it doesn't happen uh, consistently enough to take medication in that setting so pain or you know relievers i'll take some work some don't work at all and the only thing that really works regularly is benadryl but benadryl knocks my ass out especially during the day when i when i can sleep better i'm a vampire i'm a night owl quite literally at midnight i'm wide awake at noon i could be i could sleep the rest of the day away 
And so I can't take Benadryl when I have those those sinus attacks. And luckily, I haven't had one in a while, man. But I don't wish that's that on anybody. It is bad. And it's ha- it's hit me a Bonnaroo before. As a matter of fact, the night that um, Paul McCartney played, that everybody was losing their bleep, I got hit with one that night. And while I, I wasn't overly enthusiastic about the show like everybody else was, because I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I would have gone and enjoyed the whole thing, I left barely into it because I was hit with one of these so bad I was so miserable it wouldn't matter who was playing other than like Pearl Jam I, I was out of there I was gone I was done I was at the campsite for most of that show because that ruined my night and it's you know that kind of stuff happens but not all the time and it doesn't have anything to do with whether it's allergy season or not all right what am I gonna do here uh since I've been back in the radio gig it's been going okay you know it's one of those things that could last five more weeks five months or five more years you know i I just just don't know it's a pirate of a radio station but it's a lot of it's it's pretty cool a lot of things that are pretty cool about it a lot of the programming and the imaging and the sound i would i would change but i i don't care enough to spend any time barely talking about it more than just that right there so getting back into that routine has got me back into looking at the paper almost every day and as much as i've given media a major bunch of grief in this in this city and still will because it is so soft and so so boring and so lame and so many just uniqueless creativeless hacks have gigs in this city still um the Chattanooga Times Free Press is a great newspaper. It is a really, really good curated newspaper of local and national content. And every single time I look at the newspaper, um, I find something in there I wouldn't have seen anywhere else. Not that I couldn't have gotten it somewhere else, but I wouldn't have because I don't read newspapers online. You know, I read articles at times online, usually driven by social media posts, but I don't go read the paper online and most people don't either. Some probably do, but most do not. And I saw somebody posted something about uh, the Steelers and it looked like a real article, even though it, it did say it was satire. Um, it, it is a satire website. The headline was, Steelers will fine any player who kneels a million dollars. And a couple people responding on the post were like serious responses like, good. Good for them. I don't know if they bothered to look at it. Probably not. But if they did, they were too stupid to realize it was satire. And so it's, it's those kinds of things that just, it, it, it makes me weep. Because we're getting dumber and dumber and dumber as technology gets better and better and better. And it's because of the, and the factless society. We don't generally collectively don't really care if what we're reading or being entertained by is authentic, genuine, or true. It's just collectively that just seems to be a lost thing. But when the only distribution for information was newspapers, magazines, uh, and, and nightly not recordable, or generally speaking, not easily recordable television programs, news outlets, you had to seek out your information. And I think people took it more seriously when they had to really work for the distribution of their information, news, entertainment, things like that. But I'm speaking more specifically to the news itself. I mean, it was a chore at times for certain people's you know, daily routine to go read the paper, to make sure and watch the news network, nightly news or local news at a certain certain time. And when you would get that information, you might have been getting some bad information at times. Not might, you definitely were. We, we all were. But it gave you time 
to digest it, think about it, and if you cared enough, spend more time in your with, with your disposable free time to look into that more. And sometimes it might be something you just genuinely didn't really care about. And so you just move along. But the newspaper industry is dying a slow, miserable death, just like many broadcast radio outlets are as well. And, um, and so everybody's consuming everything from their phones that has completely zombified us. And it's just 100 miles an hour. Of course, I'm not really telling you anything here likely that you don't know. But it's just it's creating mental illness. It really is making us sick. And it's now, instead of it being kind of adapted into your life later on, like it is for most of us you know, listening to this podcast, it's now starting from an early age. And kids are getting these younger and younger and younger. I'm telling you, the next couple of generations, I don't know what, but wow, I'm sorry to sound like old guy, get off my lawn, but this is not good for the human brain, for functionality. Maybe it'll, you know, serve some kind of better, greater good that, you know, shapes a different kind of world, you know, 50 to 100 years from now. I, I don't know, but I've been around enough kids here recently and just seeing their development over the course of, you know, a year or so and just my anecdotal personal stuff. And I'm just I'm watching what looks like just a crashing and burning of any kind of actual intellectual uh, character in, in life skills building because of this mess. You know, that's just 24 hours of social media and whatever else I don't even know what it is that these cell phones and these um, data packages that allow kids to, and, and adults to do whatever they want and it's warping it's warping minds it's warping uh, ideology it's it's warping reality and it's scaring the hell out of me scaring the shit out of me and I think I talked about it recently and I'm gonna wrap this up here in a minute but I mean I'm I, I live now these days these days this year, I mean, with constant anxiety. I've always had nervousness and anxiety and stress off and on. Who hasn't, right? We're human beings. I live with it virtually every day. Part of it is because I got this new gig that does get me more anxious, and I've got just, you know, I'm tired. I'm getting older. um, You know, all the things that we all have to deal with. But it's not just that. It's not just that. It is the state of affairs of everything around me. My close loved ones, some of my best friends are going, this, this year, this COVID-19 thing is not just people dying from the flu. It is creating even more anxiety and, and mental health problems in so many different walks. You know how many people I know that have had relationships fall apart this year? They might have fallen apart anyway. But it's it, it, it's an indirectly because of this. And I'm seeing marriages falling apart and friendships falling apart and I've got my own thing that's very real that I won't I I go pretty genuinely deep in a lot of my personal life on a on a podcast and a radio show. I'm not going to do that uh here, but I my own issues and um it's just it's just it's it's making me sad. It's making me sad and it's making me so concerned for what I think is going to be one of the uh, most contentious election uh, night days, weeks, months into uh early next year who knows what's going to happen. With that, it's not even worth. I, it's, I think it's irresponsible to even make fun of the situation that we're in because it's so, so dangerous. And there's just so many bad people, so many, so many bad people, and, and the bad people are getting worse because of the emboldened nature of their uh, of their computer pocket computers they walk around with, and the president and others that are close to the president. 
And same thing with the Black Lives Matter. There's so many bad people involved with that. There's life loss. There's property damage. There's uh, there's danger in the streets. Uh, the worst of the worst on from every side is gets worse every day. And uh, influence is such an important thing. It, it took me a long time to realize it's experience and influence. It's the two things we've always known what those words are. They're not hard to define. You learn them at an early age. We know we've always known what experience and influence is. But it is it's it's more important than I ever realized. The influential nature of bad and good both ways can really be detrimental or very positive depending on the situation and experience. Man, you can't buy it. You can't you can't buy experience and it is so so valuable. But um I don't know, I'm rambling a little bit now. I'm probably pushing close to 50 minutes on the pod, so I think I'll wrap it up right there. But I've never spent my life in fear in, of anything. And part of that was just being dumb and young and just thinking, you know, everything's always going to work out well for me. And um, and most part, my, many things have worked out quite well for me. But I'm concerned about this, and sorry if I'm repeating myself, or I do think I did this not too long ago. I'm seriously, I can't. Somebody was asking me uh, yesterday, I was ending the, the radio show, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you were talking about this and that or something, and I was like, wait a second, when the hell was I talking about that? Oh, this morning? <laughs> okay. Um, that's kind of the nature of just regularly talking into a microphone with no, well, I have direction, but you know what I mean, from the scattered brain that uh, I'm proud of sometimes and totally embarrassed of. Uh, other. So we'll wrap up the show with uh, Cheryl Crow's All I Want to Do is Have Some Fun, which I used to really dislike Cheryl Crow growing up. It was not cool to like Cheryl Crow. She is a gem. She is a joy. And Moon River would have been this past weekend. And she was the main headliner, and people were poo pooing that. Man, that would have been fun. Hell of a night of music. In Coolidge Park, in September. Cheryl Crow. Think about it. What would you give? right now what would you do to be able to see a setting like that and hey look budro's been sitting here the whole time never pounced on the desk never uh did anything to screw up the show so uh, she must be tired all right do it again uh, next week and talk to you on the radio 92.7 see you bye